All right. Well, we are jumping right into Q and A. So feel free to stick around and one way or another. And thank you for staying yeah. online. Yeah. Um, uh, right off the bat, I want to put the number up, which is 360-447-8474. That is the number that you can text directly to me, and I will take that and throw it how, right at you. They know you. how it works. Yeah, but I wanted to make it sound more <laughs> abrasive. I oh. will take it, and however you say it, I'll say it just ah, right at you. <laughs> you'll take it. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, you know, pie in the face. That's one of those things. It's always like, ha ha, <laughs> but I'm like, hmm, thank you, <laughs> you know? Somebody yeah. hit me with a pie. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, great Sunday morning. Love this message. This is another one of those messages that I just, we can't hear enough. What'd you like about it? Well, to be honest. I love putting people on, on the, the spot. At the very end, when you said the thing about cookies, that we get cookies <laughs> next week. That's my favorite. No. Um, boy, anything that uh, puts a context to the pain of right now. I am a guy who in my life was driven to the Lord by the experiencing of earthly pain. And so having this whole idea of the light affliction of this yes, place. Yes, the light momentary the affliction. The light affliction. And I love the list that you rattle off that Paul gives us about, uh, okay, some boast, we'll try this on, you know. Yeah. Like, nip, you are boasting. I can give you boasting. <laughs> I right. don't. I'm like, a, I yeah. love how he, there's that parenthetical, I'm insane to say this. Yeah. And I, but here goes. And, and that later. But it's truth. And it's not even like he's not trying to make this point that he just accidentally refers to it the way that he does. Like, and so for this light affliction, he's not being light like momentary I'm affliction. So, that, you know, because the eternal way to it's preparing us for an eternal way to glory that's got no comparison. It's just nothing. And I and I think that uh, that is such an important perspective. Uh, because the problem of suffering is so huge um, as a, an obstacle for people in faith. It is one right. of the big ones, right? It's the because big... we Because we're taught wrongly so much that, oh, well, God's goal is to make us uh, not be suffering. Well, yes? What did you say? You said that we're called to live a life of uh, set apart or holiness? Yes, a holy life. Holy simply means set apart and dedicated for God's service. Rather than... A uh, easy life. We're called to a holy life rather than an easy life. And that's what all of Scripture said. That one statement I made in there about it takes a psychotic level of denial. Well, you know, to look at this actual Scriptures and come to this shallow Here, here let, me, let me ask you a first question. Then. Let me, that, let me that just it's all jump in because blah, blah, blah. this is a tough, that's, okay. a, that's a hard point to make and sell. Because you said believing that your faith in Christ Believing that your faith in Christ brings health, wealth, and easy answers to pain was psychotic. Doesn't he? No, psychotic denial. Okay, okay. Of doesn't, he, doesn't he bring peace and isn't he simple? Well, I explained how the peace and joy comes. I said, you ha if you have Paul's perspective on the temporal versus the eternal, then the fruit of the Spirit, and I said like joy and peace, right. can flourish in your life. But if you don't, then a bad haircut's going to ruin your day. Yeah. I can't believe, and I've heard people, that was a funny, but it's... <laughs> I've been people you know, that are that. You know, oh my, I can't believe this haircut, now I look like an idiot. I'm going to, it's like, yeah. uh, they were thrown to lions and covered in tar and lit on fire. Yeah. We, we live under such an unbelievable blessing in this day yes. and age. And it's so spoiled, rotten of me and all of us, the way we, because no matter where you are, I mean, you can be the richest man in the world and you're going to have gripes. Right. Because you just, you adjust to whatever and, it and, is. And so that's, I do want to make that point. And so that's, and so my, so to finish up what they're yeah, saying, yeah. 
Because it was, I worded, you know, psychotic denial. I knew that was going to catch people, and that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to put a hook in your head. Uh, because what I was saying specifically was you can't read that scripture, th that list, and others like it that are everywhere in the Bible. Look at the Hall of Faith in Hebrews, yeah. Sod and Two and all that, and conclude that that uh, our faith in Christ promises health and wealth and a happy retirement and easy answers yeah. to pain and suffering. Because that would require, that conclusion, looking, actually looking at the scriptures, would require a psychotic level of denial mm -hmm. about what is actually written in the Bible. Right. And we do. We have a psychotic level of denial because we just ignore all those things. Right. We adjust to the comfort level of modern day convenience, and I get a bad haircut, and oh, end okay. of days. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we know. Yeah. yeah. And I think um, exactly what you said is right. That it's um, relative to this world, right? Like health and wealth, and and that that why that's why you can kind of hear that maybe wrong is like yes. He does want joy and peace and comfort and everything, but you'll never have it according to the measure of the world because this right. is not the place. Right. This is not it. So if you're you never going to get enough stuff. Right. If this, if you are happy according to the measure of the world, then he's like, well, then you're way off track, and that should feel. Imagine going in a time machine and going back to Paul in the Mamertine prison right before his execution, and uh -huh. he's just happy he avoided the lion's mouth. Uh-huh. He's like, oh good, I'm gonna get a regular execution. Because <laughs> yeah. I gotta tell you, that one was that scared me. And so <laughs> right, right. And so imagine going into that prison and sitting down and just having ten minutes to explain the culture we live in. Paul, we just want to thank you because your words are recorded forever. It's two thousand years later and we still read them. And we live in a place and then just describe your house. Describe your bathroom. Describe your car. Right. Describe music and information and how it comes to you and how readily available it is and how you can call anyone anywhere in the world and share the Lord with them. Uh, talk about church and how no one's persecuted here for that Christianity is kind of dominating the, the national religious thought. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Right. And then try to imagine him going in any way, shape, or form, oh boy, that sounds bad. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, it would just be, oh, but are you from heaven? But, but I will say, I mean, because I was having this conversation sort of with a few people just this week. It is relative, again, to the self. Like you said, like, no matter, you can be wealthy. Right. We see wealthy, we see celebrities taking their own lives at such a right. clip that you go, how, how because is they it? get it all and realize, and oh, that doesn't bring them. It doesn't work. And so yeah. really all these things in that same way, I mean, blessings and curses, right? Is because in this, we might not be persecuted that way, but we have new ways to torture ourselves that Paul's like, you do what with a Facebook? That sounds miserable. That's that you, true. You make That's yourself true. a slave to your brands of clothing? We just, the towel. That's, That's true. You know, I'm not like, taking you in the time machine with me. You're a Debbie Downer. <laughs> I thought that was last I know, week. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> we need no, that. but you're right. I'll give you that. Yeah. But I mean, there, we have all kinds of, from an empirical level, I'm not getting Beat with but a stick. Talking about persecution for faith and suffering for spreading 100%. the gospel, my real, my real point was, look how they suffered to take Christ to our ancestors. And I'm afraid, to, I'm pretending, I'm afraid to open my mouth to my coworker because he might, you know, make, uh, make fun of me. Like, right. Oh, how far we've... 
I know, I know. Which is why it's one of the best things. That's why I like the idea of missions work and everything. It's, it just kind of gives you a new context yeah. to just kind of wake up and go, I'm miserable everywhere. I had a paragraph that I had to take out because I ended up having to cut out a bunch of stuff because it ended up being a thousand words over and so I'm just hacking out and mm -hmm. killing all my babies. <laughs> and, uh, but there was one uh, paragraph in there and I can't remember how it was worded, but it was something about their culture uh, unified them, tempered them, unified them, and made them stronger. Uh, whereas our culture uh, softens uh, or, and quickly made them stronger. Our uh, culture softens us, isolates us, mm. and causes us to quickly lose our temper. That's good, yeah. yeah. Uh, question What caused Saul to fall on his face? Why did he understand? Why did he understand the flash of light? Guilt? Boy, that's a good question. That's a really good question. That calls for super harmony. <laughs> <laughs> you guys get to meet the new character we've got. Come on. Oh, that's not happened yet. Um, do you know Paul's story is told just like the Gospels? A piece here, a piece there, a piece here, a little mention here, a little mention there, a little mention here. And you got to take all the pieces uh -huh. and put them all together or you cannot get the story. And if you read any one of those, you will be misled into understanding exactly what happened. Because Paul's doing the same thing everybody's doing in the Bible, which is just putting stuff together. Which even the, the Jesus lines I was reading, they're taking the Old Testament and putting it together yeah. line on line and thought on thought and here a little, there a little and patching things up uh, because it's a puzzle that makes a book. Anyway, um, so why'd he fall down? Uh, he fell to the ground. What did he fall from? Literally? Or yeah, literally. Like, what did he, he fell to the ground. What did he, he fall from? Horse? What did he fall off of? Was it, a, was it a horse or a camel? Or I don't remember off the top of my head. Wagon? Anybody? I think it's a, think it's a horse, right? He's riding to Damascus. Horse would be the good guess. Yeah. Because like every painting has a, hasn't fallen off his, and no. I, I've even read that that's where we I've get the saying, the up. high horse, fall, uh, knocked off your uh -huh, high horse, because uh -huh. Paul. Yeah. Nowhere in the story does it say he's from on a thing. horse. From, from the, it it just, just, he fell. Walking. He, we don't know. It might've been a horse, but it doesn't say. And so I was, and you know how yeah. I know? Because, and you know how it's fresh in my mind that it's all over the place? Because I went everywhere yesterday trying to find that horse so I could put it in that story. Because all it says in the scriptures, he fell, and I thought, oh, I need to put in the part about the horse. So I put a per parenthetical from a horse, and then I went to find the scripture. <laughs> and I finally, okay, I'll just Google it. And then I get all these things about, oh, it's a big debate if he was on a horse, and everyone's painted a horse, but it doesn't say a horse. And I, well, there we go again, me thinking something's in the Bible. Oh, I know. And it's not. Thanks for ruining that for yeah. us. <laughs> um, what, what was the question? Why did he fall down so instantly? Uh, um, guilt, question mark. Yeah. Uh, okay. Paul was, was there when Stephen was stoned and Stephen gives this big defense of the faith. And he's there holding the coats. Now, mm -hmm. funny enough, he's a young man. Funny enough, when he's stoned in Lystra, mm -hmm. young Timothy is there. Mm -hmm. And Paul even later writes to Timothy, hey, you know all about the sufferings I had in Lystra. And so it's just kind of funny that he... As a thrower of one of the rocks, <laughs> yeah. buddy. Don't think I've forgotten. Um, but in going after the Christians, he, no question, 
was becoming aware, very aware of what they were teaching because this is what he's basing all of his accusations right, on. Right. They're twisting the scriptures. And so he's learning everything they're oh, teaching. Good, now, yeah. look at the description he gives of himself uh, about I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews and I was a student of Gamaliel and I, and I know, and they were also amazed when he could speak three languages because he spoke the Hebrew and he spoke the Aramaic and he spoke the Greek. and. Paul was a smart, smart dude, and he was, I would say, more sold out for God as an ignorant Jewish man, ignorant of Christ and the fulfillment of Scripture, uh, than anyone of his time. He's the guy that stepped forward and said, they're evil, but we need to kill them, right? And everyone's like, well, we're just kind of letting them meet yeah. and stuff. Well, that's wrong. If are they wrong? Are they, are they blaspheming? Well, of course they are. Well, then send me. I'll go kill them all. <laughs> right, right. And so believe it or not, his heart was right. His heart was, God, I, I want to do what is right. And if there's somebody, if my faith teaches that we can't let people do this and that they're supposed to be killed yeah. and no one's doing it, I'll do it. And so he's picking up from everyone like, right. uh, what, they're, what they're teaching. And at some point, right when Jesus knew it was the right moment. <laughs> yeah. Where he's it, getting disenchanted by his side of the fence going, it, I thought we were this thing. It clicked. <laughs> yeah. Like the pieces ultimately go in place because they do. Mm -hmm. And so they clicked and a bright light. Now, I don't know if there was a bright light because light is used throughout scripture as the moment of revelation. And Christ appeared to him and makes it clear. Now, no one with him saw this or heard this. It's like, hmm, is this him having an absolute revelation of Christ from scripture? Is scripture talking to him? And um, which I would have no problem with. I still, I believe personally that Jesus showed up and that he was there and spoke to him. Um, Paul, there's also a little scripture somewhere where he says Jesus taught him in the wilderness for like a couple of years. Yeah, there's also a scripture intimate, yeah. when he's in, you know, today I read where he says uh, Christ came to me and stood by, stood by me and strengthened me. And we go, well, that's nice. That's, you know, he had a nice thought. Right. I haven't found really I maybe a handful of people that realize that in, in the letters, there's a one-sentence story about Paul in the courtroom, and everyone left, and Jesus came in. This is not a vision. Jesus walked in and stood beside him and encouraged him. It's like... I, we need to know that story. Uh -huh. So when he says, and Christ stood by me and, and uh, encouraged me, he's like, and so is this literal? Why do you think we go to the, like, just making it metaphoric instead of literal so fast in stuff like that and so profoundly that it just, we don't even consider it. This is not something that you think that it, we all well, blaze right past. Today when, like I said, today when I said that Jesus was very busy after his death, mm -hmm. um, remember he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Right, he also, you'll be in my heart. He also, yeah, he also tells the disciples who write the gospels mm -hmm. in the books, eh, don't worry about what you're going to say because I'm going to give you all the words. Through the spirit in your mind. <laughs> and so then we see the uh, angel of the Lord and that is a title for Jesus in the Old Testament, a huge, the angel of the Lord's presence. And, you know, I've contended for, for a long time that the angel of the Lord that flashed like lightning in the sky and came down and rolled away the stone and sat on it in triumph and devastated the Roman soldiers 
is Jesus. Well, oh, well you're be, saying like he's like the light that beca- came into the world? You That's know, like when he's crazy. revealed, it'll be like the lightning flashing in the mm, sky. Yeah. And he sits in victory there over all of his enemies. Anyway, uh, and so there's all these stories in the New Testament about the angel of the Lord coming and taking people out of prison. And uh, Paul, you know, the shipwreck, Paul's shipwreck. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of people remember that the angel of the Lord showed up on the ship. Right. Just boom. And the angel of the Lord shows up on the ship and talks to Paul and says, look, here's what you got to do. It's not like Paul's this brilliant guy about all of a sudden he knows how to save everyone from the shipwreck. The angel of the Lord appeared on the ship. Right, right. So a lot of stuff going on. Those may or may not be Jesus. But those are the things that you need to absolutely. Angel of the Lord showed up to Cornelius. I 100%. Okay, and then is, he's called a man. Is Paul's perspective of light and momentary troubles also described Jesus before the cross? Is it similar to yes. for the joy set yes. before him, Absolutely. he endured the cross? Absolutely, yeah. yes. Because it's, it's not taking away from the, exactly. how horrific. Like I said in the, in the sermon, I can't imagine what his back looked like. Right. I mean, we watch the depiction of the passion and we see what Jesus goes through. That's the 39 lashes. Mm-hmm. Paul got that five times. We see Jesus get beaten with rods by the Roman soldiers. Paul got that three times. You know, we read about right. the shipwreck. Apparently, there were two others. Right. You know, right. he's, yeah. Um, and, and so it's not taking away from it. What, it. what his point is very clearly there is. I'm like-minded. This like incomparable we, yeah. eternal weight of glory that this is preparing us for. Um, it just can't. So. Compared to that, as horrendous as this is, this is light and momentary. Right. And Jesus is the guy who gave us that perspective once and for all, and that really, get this in your head, this is how it works, this is why I'm able to do what I can do. Which is why, you know, the two things he's contrasting, the weight of eternal glory versus the light and momentary afflictions. Right. Like when you look at the weight of what we get. Somebody said, like this, uh, our marching orders, love God, love others, expect suffering. Love it. Pretty good. That's very it's about good. sums it up. It's not. It's hard to get <laughs> put that on your ledger of your church. It's not a great like, campaign hey, slogan. Come to the, right, but exactly. if this is your mindset, and I and I try to get that into the church's head every Sunday. Well, not every Sunday, but most Sundays. How you doing? Pretty good for down here. It's a funny way to just keep it in our mind because then, when it's good, when we look around and notice how incredibly good we have it, we're more apt to appreciate it and see our life as a blessing, then having this level of expectation that this culture has, that everything has to be you know, up to this certain first cabin standard, and anything that sinks below, right, and I'm right. upset, and it's like, look what they suffered. Understand that we're supposed to suffer, mm-hmm. and if you're not, rejoice. Right. Uh, following that, are you saying that a person should expect sickness or should they put faith in scripture like this? Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with the oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. Quoting James. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Remember now, raise them up there. A lot of people think means that if they die, the ultimate healing, he will raise them up. So the prayer of righteousness over them can't fail. Right. The righteous prayer. If they are a believer and you're a believer and you're praying over them and you're watching them 
get closer and closer to the gates of death, you're successful. It's a successful prayer because the, they will get well or the Lord will raise them up. Either way, it's good. Right. And right. so the prayer uh, prayed in faith is powerful because it can't fail. And so often we look at that and think, you know, well, it didn't go the way I wanted. And somehow we forget that everyone dies. No right. one and so at some point your prayer isn't going to work. And that, and that Jesus himself <laughs> sort of like, you know, uh, switches back and forth to using the terms death and life, you know, for wrong places, according to our minds. It's like, wait, wait, do you mean dead, dead? Or do you mean like dead to sin and alive up there? <laughs> right. Because he goes back and forth. And I remember that was one of those things that struck me as an inconsistency in pre-Christian times where I'm going, you can't have it both ways. And he goes, no, I have it one way. There is a clarity, like all my, all my words will make sense if you know which side. What we're talking I, about. I, when I say life, uh, you know. So let me finish answering that. I just realized I didn't really answer the question. So the answer to the question is both. We should expect sickness because why does it say uh, you need to go anoint with oil and pray for him, for the sick? Well, why'd they get sick? If these are all the faithful, what are they doing right. being sick? So yes expect sickness. Uh, Paul, man, I know you would have taken out your own eyes for me. Look with what big letters I write. I got a thorn in my side, God. And he said, I ain't taking it away because I like you being weak. And Timothy, take some wine for your stomach because, oh my goodness, you got that right, bad stomach. Right. Uh, what's the old guy's name? Epaphroditus came to me, almost died. I had to take care of him for months to get him back, but he's, he's alive still. It's like, yes, expect Sickness and suffering, because this is a training womb right. where God is making children. And it's, I like to use the word training versus discipline, because when we say, dis, you know, you're being disciplined by a loving father and we think punishment. No, you're being trained up right. in the way you should go. And so do expect it. And also expect that you should be doing the right things when it comes to a crisis or a sickness or whatever it is. You should be helping and loving and being his arms extended. And you should also be remembering that everyone dies. And so if they're righteous, you know, they have, a, they have the faith and you have the faith and you prayed for them, it's done. They're, they're well. They're healed. Either here or by being raised up there. And so don't look at the body. You know, Paul, I, I had to take out some scriptures too, but where Paul, within this context of all this, he says, uh, though the outward body is wasting away inwardly, we're being renewed day by day. Right. And, and so, so, so he's... Just real quick, because they, they just texted back in to say, well, so should, should a person accept sickness? Uh, a person should not see sickness as a sign of a lack of faith. A person should see that God allows strong, good believers to be in earthquakes and fires and famines and floods right. and random shootings at malls and pandemics and they get the flu. So you should expect, he, he doesn't take us out of it that way, or we would be mollycoddled. We'd be the zoo animals that can't survive in the wild. Right. 
Jesus said it best, be in the world, but not of the world. In his prayer, remember he clarifies, God, I don't mean, and he's saying this for them, obviously, I don't mean you take them out of this world. Yeah, right, <laughs> I right. just mean that uh, you make them respond to it the way we did. Um, so you know that that's part and parcel with being here because that's where God's teaching and training us. How you respond when you're sick and down and out, you get that bad blood report, blood test report. Right. That's, those are the moments that he really teaches. But at the same time, we believe in the power of prayer, but we don't believe in the power of a genie. That's the Hermes and Zeus right, thinking. Right. So when I'm praying for some, it's like, look, I know God wants us to partner in prayer. So if this is within his will, they'll be healed. But he wants us to partner, so somebody better pray. And I absolutely believe if this is within his will, my prayer is going to heal this person. And if, it, if they die, then I'm sure that was God's will, and it's still good. It's, it's when right. we take it on ourselves, like we're somehow controlling God. And, oh, I didn't control him right, so my faith must be bad. And so they're saying, so, so should a person not have faith in healing heart, I think is what they're saying. Um, uh, a person should not, and this is a controversial statement, a person should not have faith that when I pray for you to be healed, a uh, 98-year-old man riddled with cancer, um, I should not have faith that I know I can make God heal you with this prayer. I know that my faith is so great that God will answer it. So yes, I absolutely believe, because if I don't, he won't answer the prayer. He'll go, oh, you don't really believe, and so, you know, you have Sorry, fine line between having faith and trust in God and his plans and purposes and having faith in your faith, having faith in anything that's within me. And that whole thing, that whole name it and claim it thing mm -hmm. is a preaching about, have, about worshiping ourselves. Right. Uh, you know, there's that famous line in James chapter 5 where it says, hey, those of you who say, we shall, uh, tomorrow, we shall go to such and such a city and do, conduct business and make a profit. And he says, now all, all such talk is evil. You go, right. what? Right. And he says, because you should have said, and now watch how similar it is. So after saying all that kind of, that kind of talk is totally evil. What you should have said was, if it is God's will. And no, no, I, I got it backwards. If we're still alive, right. and if it's God's will, we will go to such and such a city and do business and make a profit. Mm -hmm. Well, wait, you said the exact same thing. Yeah, but I front loaded it with two caveats. One, if we're alive, because remember, you might be dead. Just because you're faithful right, right. doesn't protect you from random death. That's God's greatest tool for bringing people home is not knowing when you're going to bite it. Right, right. And so, uh, and then number two, should we not have his will involved in there somewhere? If it's his will? <laughs> right. If, well, if what's his will? If it's his will that you go there. Well, okay, we, we went there. If it's his will that you conduct business. Well, we conducted business. If it's his will that you make profit. Well, we made profit. Well, there you go. It was his will, right. And, right. and you're alive, so praise God. But if anything hadn't happened, it wouldn't be less God or less faithful. It would be a, a product of the, of the world he created and is a little broken from sin, but, in, but purposeful for him to work through to perfect 
us in love and trust and faith. Yeah, this, uh, somebody else chimed in and said, uh, yeah, ask anything and everything of God, but leave the results to him, yeah. which I think is right. That's and a, that's... absolutely believe he has the power to do it. But always leave it. I, I remember getting scolded uh, decades ago. Um, there was a real kind of movement going. And I always a wanted... A scolding of Bruce movement? Yeah, yeah I missed it. <laughs> Nerds. Um, but there was this big faith movement, pray faith movement. And I always prayed, if it's, the will, if it's your will, Lord God, we, I know you can heal. Will you pray right. for me? Sure. Lord God, I know you can heal. I know it's not, that's not even a question, and mm -hmm. I know you know what's wrong in this situation. So, Lord, if it's your will, we just ask right now that blah, 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 blah. And then I'd say, um, or, if, or if that's not your will, God, show us what is so that we can be, and oh, boy, there was a period of time where I just got raked over the coals. You don't say if. You don't say if, because then that, I mean, you're just basically saying, oh, that way I don't have to stand on real faith uh, in case it doesn't come true. It's like, if it doesn't come true, what are we praying to? And when <laughs> right. I found that James scripture, all such talk is evil. You should have said, if it was like I died and gone yeah. to heaven. Oh yeah. boy, I went around and I, there were three people I took that to say, have you seen the scripture? Have you seen the scripture? Have you seen the scripture? And they just beat me up. <laughs> said, I've been trying to <laughs> ignore it for some time. Um, That's a fine line to walk. It is. It's faith in God. It's faith in his power to heal, faith in his power to, to get me out of a situation, faith in if it's his desire to walk me through the situation, yeah. faith that if it's just dumped on me and life is taking an incredibly negative turn, that he's still God and on the throne. And when we get to the other side, I'll be able to say, hey, about that. Oh, I completely understand everything. He goes, yeah, I get that a lot. People, when they first step across. Right. But yeah, within a couple seconds, yeah, oh, you just get it. <laughs> Let's see your notebook of questions. I don't want to show them anymore. I don't. I don't. Um, I yeah. remember saying at a funeral once at someone who died young and, and saying, uh, we can't know. We can't know his eternal plans and purpose. We can only know that they're best. Right. And I said, and, and I'll tell you this, I, all I can know is right now, this person who passed away is standing before the Lord and they would be the first one to make the case. Mm -hmm. And when we get there, we can go wag our finger at God if we want and he'll, he'll listen, he'll listen. And then he'll probably um, say, you know, and so what do you have to say for yourself, big guy? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you'd talk that way. Um, and the point I made in the, the little message was, and he wouldn't have to say anything. All he would have to do is, because he would have had it pre-loaded, pre-ready, because he knew you were coming. Um, all he would do is say, see these? And you look, and there's just this sea of people standing there. Yeah. It's kind of complicated to go into, but they wouldn't be here if she hadn't died. Right. Oh. Oh, so you kind of have your eyes on the all eternity thing. Right. And it, it's just foolish to think that you have that perspective now. Right. right. And I mean, I think that's, I think we all have that bitter weeping moment when we go, I was so sure I knew everything. And then when you're confronted with everything, you'll just realize how much you don't. Um, 
So prayer is not a way to test for God's existence then, trying to, tying into Jesus's reply in the wilderness to not put the Lord to the test. So then is there a test for God's existence that someone can perform or is it completely the work of the spirit making someone believe the gospel? Both. Um, Yes, there's an absolute test. You won't do it. I'll bet. Yeah. But there's an absolute test. You can do exactly what Jesus said. Jesus said, you could do what I did. Uh, if you want to know right. if, if uh, what I say come from myself somewhere or from the one who sent me, do what I did. What is that? Remember how he used to yell, he who has ears, let him hear, and they'd all get bothered by that. Well, it all goes back to Ezekiel where God himself says, son of man, receive every word I've spoken into your heart and have ears to hear. I don't know how many people have ever taken him up on that offer. I'm, as you know, I'm no, trying. Yeah, yeah. And I've, I'm on year eight. And it feels like, like when you're running toward a mountain and it just keeps getting bigger <laughs> instead of closer. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but I'll tell you, you want a test. You want a proof. Load every word he's spoken into your heart and watch how he speaks. Mm -hmm. And you will begin to see what so many have seen that have gone down that road to any degree that this book was not composed by humans. Right, right. (laughs) But you'll see it for yourself. And the spirit will show, will will start putting things together for you. Uh, And then all of a sudden you'll just look around like everyone who came to that moment probably did and go, how does everyone not see? I need to tell people. And then you try to tell them. It's like, you can't. That is a thing you have to do for yourself. Right, right. Everybody's trying to find the shortcut. I, boy, do I know that. Um, is it always... we got to stop. We're, we're, I know. We're, I said we should end early today. I, I know, but I... You and know, then we've I got get a, yammered. We've got a couple people who are really like... Okay, I mean, well, engaged. I want to... If they got questions... So it is always... Is it always God's will when someone dies, then no matter how and when? No. I don't think so. You don't think so? No. I think God allows a lot of things, but that doesn't mean they're his will. Uh, If I took out a gun right now and shot you, God's not going, good. (laughs) I don't know. Your case. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's about time somebody. (laughs) Uh, That would not be God's will. But it would be God. But not, not even in the way that you sort of described previously where, you know, God hey, look, allows, I had to have that happen in order for God know, allows Z. our free will. And our free will disagrees a lot with his perfect will, but he allows our free will uh, to, because it's necessary. Right. And so, no, anything that's of sin and darkness and wrongness and wickedness and cruelty, that's not God's will. And yet there is a world in which that is allowed to continue for a temporary span of time so that because God's eternal purposes are best carried out through that time piece that we can't understand. I would say, would you agree with the idea, though, that even those things, you know, the sort of like everything will work together can work together for the good of those who love the Lord and have been called according to his Right, purpose. and so even those things, because, you know... He uh, knew or it was going to happen. Or the, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good kind of ideas. That's a that, great... Wait, that's a great one right there. Go with that. Yeah. You, it, you, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good, meaning 
He was way ahead of you on this. He knows right. every sin that was going to be committed, mm -hmm. and he's the master chess player. And so just do your worst. Go as far out of his will as you can. Well, he's already made up for And it's it. not going to not push his plan forward. His will is still going, you know. His will being his plan is going to go forward, and that's going to propel it because he right. knew you were going to shoot this person. And even though that is not in his will, he sets things he's up. He's got dominoes ready to go that gets things done through that. So through everything that, is still and advancing. And it's in spite of that and through right. that. It's like, oh, I can use it. You think, you think your sin can't be, you, you think my arm's too short to use even your sin? Right. I'm going to use everything. Everything's going to uh, propel my will forward. Now, Net I had to work. I had to do some work to make that. <laughs> right. Uh, not hinder my will because that's not in my will, right. but two types of will, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. My, my plan and, and course, my purpose. Yeah. Okay. Well, this, this could go on forever. So yeah. I will, I'll put a pin in this, but okay. again, we can always pick this stuff up. Uh, we have no problem if you want to ask these more quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, next week you can tune right back in and pick up something. Okay. Back to last week though, okay. too. We're going to let you, we'll let you do Did that. Did you have a last question? No, no. I'm oh, saying, I'm going to, I'm going to, we're putting you, a pin meant... on this and let it be done so that we can. Is there a last question? No, oh, there's a, they're still picking apart. Is there a good apart. one though? Is there a good one though? They're all good, Bruce, because these pick are the hearts of people that I love. Pretty quick. Uh, uh, Pretty quick, though. Uh, uh, and I'll answer uh, quick. Okay. Uh, there's still going to be. Funny that they're. There's still going to be a light to the world. That, that, there's all these prophetic scriptures. You think about, they're, they're no more bumbling than the oh, rest no, of it's us? Just, it's all. It's you don't think that people they're set are people. Up? Like, like just being put in the, in the role of the chosen people example. When you look in scripture at why God chose them, mm -hmm. it is not a compliment to be chosen. And I know there's a lot <laughs> right. of Jews who I've seen them on TV saying that they feel, you know, they don't like this aspect of being the chosen people because they feel like it's arrogant. It's like, well, go read why you're chosen because <laughs> right. you are a stiff-necked, rebellious people. There's no one like you that will never do, you know, change and be good. Yeah. And so I will show the world. I'm going to use you as the example. And, and like, most of your Bible is not about the great job you've been doing. It's all about the bad people. Yeah. But then we corrupt it by making it all into hero stories. But then uh, how many times does he say, and I'm doing this not because you deserve it or earn it, but because yeah. I'm showing the world something. But in the end, right. we got those big promises that their lamp is going to be lit and they are going to be the lighthouse. They're the last big lighthouse to the world. That day's mm. coming. Okay, there's a good And I don't think the Jews get enough credit for saving us Gentile dogs. How so? Well, from the message today. Yeah. It's tens of thousands of Jews oh, embraced oh, Jesus Jew and, and believed their scriptures, the Old Testament yeah, Jewish yeah, yeah, scriptures yeah, that yeah. said, go save the Gentiles. You mean the, the Messianic Jews, though, right? No, I mean in Jesus followers. Yeah, in, yeah, yeah. I mean, ones who, bought, yes, who would become Christians, not the Jews who were not were accepting. They were called the way. They were what? 2,000 years ago, yeah. they were called Christians. Yes. Yeah. But they were Jewish because yeah, Jesus yeah, no, went I'm, to the Jews. Right, right, right. And I, so tens like, of thousands of them yes. embraced him. Well, those guys are the best. And then they read their Jewish scriptures yes. that said, oh, go yeah. save the Gentiles. Right. And then they went and saved this us. This fits. It works. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so I, I was trying to make the point today. I don't think the Jews get enough credit. Yes. That that was a Jewish movement. 
right. Jesus is a Jewish Messiah, is a Jewish movement to go save all of us Gentiles. I had fun this morning asking, can you trace your roots to all these other countries? <laughs> yeah. Like, ah, heathens all. God didn't <laughs> go to those places right. and give you the words that he would then come and fulfill in India. Okay. Okay, we got to let you guys Love go. Love you all. Love you all. We'll do this again next week. Until then. And next week. Until then. Take coffee it, Bruce. and cookies. Coffee and cookies <laughs> next week. And... Coffee and cookies. I'll be here. Bye. Bye. Love you.